And this is Sky Covey beaming in today from Topanga Canyon in sunny Southern California. Thanks to my beloved Omra for recording that beautiful introduction, and stay tuned at the end of the show for one of her original songs. Thanks to Matt Navarro for producing such a great show. I'm honored to be a part of the United We Strike family, riding the airwaves with our other great hosts from Switzerland, the UK, Ireland, Chile, and New Zealand. And a shout out to the listeners of Wolf Spirit Radio, American Freedom Radio, and AwakeRadio.us. So we're just all coming together here to take back our power and reclaim our sovereignty from the greedy corporations who have kept we the people in a perpetual state of sick care. Early in my life, I realized my own mind-body-spirit connections in relation to the food I put in my body, as well as my water, my lifestyle, and the energetic environment I engaged in. So based on this awakening, I created a brand called Medicinal Foods to share what I learned along my quest for health. Take a look at the products we have over there at medicinal-foods.com. I really wish I had these tools when I was overcoming chronic asthma, lung infections, and candida. You'll discover decadent raw chocolate, nutrient-dense superfood blends, tonic herbs, nano medicinal mushrooms, and a tasty new living greens powder with 10 different fermented veggies and grasses along with probiotics and enzymes. Since its release this spring, people have literally been living on our living greens. You just mix it in water and enjoy. My daughter loves it so much, she eats it straight out of the bag. So the products at Medicinal Foods have stood the test of time and really helped me attain the radiant health that I'm so happy to share with you today. Grab my free gift on the homepage of the Cacao Revitalizing Cleanse, as well as a free chapter from my ebook, The Raw Chocolate Diet, all about raw chocolate and uh, cleansing your body in fun ways. You'll learn how to transition into a cleanse by replacing a meal per day, drinking a delicious chocolate superfood smoothie called Cacao Elixir in combination with chia seeds to cleanse the colon and get you feeling lighter and healthier than ever clearing the way for a deeper cleansing. So you'll also learn of the many health benefits of cacao, like the two minerals that cacao is packed with that 80% of Americans are deficient in. One thing I learned is if you don't um, start, you won't experience the amazing results from cleansing. So who doesn't want to drink a chocolate superfood smoothie each day? Our bodies need to be perpetually cleansing or we get sick and we force a purge. We're taught in high school how to flush our radiator and do an oil change religiously, yet when's the last time you flushed your gallbladder and cleansed your liver? Could it be there's an agenda furthering this petrochemical industry and keeping you sick? A liver cleanse is simple, easy-to-do procedure, really, but uh, why aren't we taught this stuff in school? So we're about to talk about another easy way to cleanse. My guest today is Ronnie Landis, health educator, lifestyle design specialist, speaker, and author of Life Food Peak Performance System and the Inner Alchemy Youthening Program. As I've gotten to know Ronnie over the last few years, I recognize him as a fellow brother who shares the Tao of cacao and the desire to help people heal and transform. Today's topic is intermittent fasting. 
a simple practice that can have you feeling healthier than ever with greater mental clarity and even add years to your life. We're going to dive deep here and dispel some of the myths of ketogenic fasting and hopefully show you how simple this practice can be. Ronnie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. The Tao of cacao. I love that. <laughs> Yay. So I know that this is a hot topic that has been promoted by people like Dr. Mercola. And it's a really important discussion that we've been wanting to have for a while now. It's great to have you on the air. And um, I know we have a lot to cover. So let's dive in and find out exactly uh, what is intermittent fasting and what it can do for our listeners. As I understand it, intermittent fasting is a series of mini fasts, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's intermittently fasting or periodically fasting. So, you know, this is an amazing subject and I'm going to attempt to kind of line up a lot of the moving pieces because for me over the years, I have actually found myself naturally adapting to what we would call an intermittent fasting or even cyclic fasting state. And we'll get more into what that is later, but you know, there's there's all kinds of different ideas out there on intermittent fasting, and a lot of them are pretty good ideas and can use some some sophistication. And some of them really um, are just very generalized and don't give people a real in depth idea of what what fasting does and what it's all about and why fasting has been the cornerstone of every single spiritual, um, even like religious sect throughout time, biblical, the biblical timeline, and all the different references towards 40-day fasting, and, and the science behind fasting, intermittent fasting is amazing. So I'm really excited to jump into this for, with you and really kind of, you know, dispel some myths or just go really deep into some of these different modalities when it comes to how to do intermittent fasting and what that can look like for people. Yeah, because let's face it, how many people today are really doing a 40-day fast? <laughs> and uh, if we can experience some of the similar health benefits, um, it, can, it can be amazing, I know, for a lot of people. So I found myself kind of leaning in that direction as well, um, waking up. Like today, I kind of fast. I broke my fast, I guess you could say, uh, with blueberries around 10 o'clock. Um, I had some tea before. So uh, does that count? Like what exactly counts as this fasting and when do we know we're breaking the fast great question so the word breakfast means to break a fast and when you're sleeping you are technically in a fasting state because you are not consuming any kind of food right so an interesting an interesting perspective that i want to share about this is that the principle of intermittent fasting although it's not really talked about like this for me coming from the raw food world and the detoxification world my perspective on it is that you're actually activating your body's innate built-in detoxification cycle, which starts around 4 a.m. to 11 or 12 afternoon. That's typically when your body is in a catabolic state, which means that it's breaking down old material or it's metabolizing um, old or new material and turning it into some kind of energy source or turning it into waste material to be eliminated from the body. So that's kind of the basic idea from a detoxification perspective is that 
you you space out your morning where you're not actually consuming caloric food. You're not consuming solid food or anything that really has any caloric value for a certain amount in your day. So for some people, that'll look like two hours. That'll look like four hours. So if you get up at six in the morning, then four hours, you would break your fast at 10 with with blueberries, which is incredibly hydrating, has a little bit of sugar content, but doesn't have any dense calories really. So it's still you're still able to ride out that that kind of catabolic cleansing phase. Um, but you're also again you're breaking the water fast, if you will. Um, so yeah, it absolutely does fit into that ideology. And there's a lot of different ways that intermittent fasting is proposed. One of the popular ways is that you would actually fast until about one or two o'clock and then from there you have a feeding window, which is typically, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours, where you can pretty much eat whatever you want in that time period, and then after that you stop eating and then you carry on that second phase of of uh, the intermittent fast. So that's the basic idea, but there's a lot of different details, or I should say, what I've kind of chunked it down to is there's, th- there's three phases that I would tell people um, that they can start adapting to. There's the beginner's phase, intermediate phase, and then the advanced phase of intermittent fasting, which I call cyclic fasting, where you're actually only eating one solid meal a day, and usually that will be pushed out until 5, 6, or 7 o'clock, depending on somebody's metabolism. That's more of an advanced stage. You, you go through an adaptation period metabolically where your body is adapted to that. You don't start there, right? Like it's, it's like anything. Like you don't jump into the weight room and just automatically start lifting heavy weights. You have to incrementally work your way up. So the idea of intermittent fasting is a really great kind of segue into getting to a place um, of cyclic fasting, which I pretty much look at it like metabolic mastery. So let's just back up for a minute and talk about some of the health benefits of the intermittent fasting. What what are we doing to our enzymes and our uh, metabolic uh, activation here by intermittent fasting? I, I love this question. So what I, I was thinking earlier before I got on this call, I was thinking about what led me to this idea first because we do hear about intermittent fasting all over the internet. But for me personally, it was kind of a unique way that I stumbled onto this because I got into the old Ann Wigmore and Hippocrates, Victoris Kolsvinskis, um, you know, a world, you know, back in the 1940s and 50s and the Paul Bragg and the, the, the Gerson therapy and all those really kind of like, um, I guess you could call them like legendary cleansing, uh, right. you know, like um, modalities and, and um, applications of cleansing, which in Ann, Ann Wigmore's case was like sprout juicing. And so... I started to realize like there was a reason that this was so effective or there's a reason that the Gerson therapy has been so effective for reversing degenerative disease. And then all the way up to now, it's kind of all come full circle for me. So really what we're looking at um, from the benefit perspective is that fasting actually transforms the immune system. 
it completely resets the immune system. I know right now there is certain scientific studies that have been put out indicating that three to four days on a complete water fast will completely transform the immune system. Reset the immune system, yeah. Literally, like actually literally resetting the entire immune system where in a couple days your white blood cell count will start to go down and the signaling pathways or the signaling patterns of your enzymes and of your stem cells start to change. So this is another really important thing is that our stem cell production, our mesenchymal stem cells, actually become active where before they were lying dormant. This is an interesting idea that I just want to put out there. Um, you know, in materialistic reductionist scientific circles, there's often this, this term called junk DNA. And so, you know, science, scientists used to look at our DNA um, from the perspective that we had about 80% of our DNA was termed junk DNA because they couldn't figure out what this stuff does. They just, they, they didn't see it actually doing anything. So they thought, oh, this is just junk DNA. It doesn't actually do anything. But now what we find out through epigenetics and in um, how nutrition, how our environment and how our emotions and our, our psychology actually affect the triggering of our genes. Now they're finding out that it's not actually junk DNA. It's just inactive genetics. So our genetic expression is not fully being ex- uh, activated. And it's the same thing with our stem cells is that, you know, just for everyone listening, your stem cells are actually what heals you. Your stem cell reservoir, similar to your enzyme reservoir, is actually the mechanisms that actually heal and purify the cells. They, they heal all the torn tissue and the regenerative factors of your, you know, your organs, your glands, your brain tissue, um, so on and so forth. It's your stem cells that are the catalyst for that. And so, so much of our stem cell production is being inhibited through inactivity. And what they're finding out through fasting is that as the immune system goes through this this reduction of white blood cells, which basically are like um, unusable, even carcinogenic molecules in the body, as those white blood cells get remanufactured and turned into healthy blood cells, um, or healthy immune cells, I should say, it, it actually creates this activation of our stem cells that's the basic idea that i'm driving at is that through the immune system's um transformation you could say all our healing faculties start to turn on well it's amazing for people with uh chronic immune issues to to have a solution to be able to reset their immune system i mean that that that's huge um, it's just also something that a lot of people fear. I know I'm staying in this guest house in Topanga and the owners of the property and talking with them about cleansing and, and that subject, they felt like, uh, the, the woman especially felt like it's a, something that she's been wanting to do, but there's some fear involved with her not being able to perform her duties at work and be able to um, just uh, live life. So, uh, intermittent fasting could be a solution for someone like her. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about what happens when you hold yourself a little bit longer, got your steamy plate of food all ready to go, mm-hmm. and then um, and and you're you're uh, salivating and you're you're ready to eat it, and you give yourself a little bit of discipline there because I know when I was really uh, doing a lot of uh, liver cleansing that I learned chewing one raw almond thoroughly, one, you know, maybe one or two raw almonds thoroughly until it's just a liquid first thing in the morning uh, or, or as your first meal is actually one of the most powerful enzyme therapies you can do because you start salivating, you start mm. producing those enzymes. And it's more about uh, eliminating the undigested, uh, unprocessed food that's kind of hanging around in our, our colon, right? 100%. One of the things that I wanted to bring up is that there is two undisputable mechanisms for longevity. You know, we hear all about like pignogenol and CoQ10 and resveratrol and telomerase activators and, um, you know, all these different individual elements, GC, macrophage activating factor. We hear about all these compounds that are correlated with longevity. But those are supplemental factors. Really, the undisputable factors of longevity are calorie restriction and cellular detoxification. Those are the two things. If you can maintain integrity with the cell and purify the cell and and not allow it to go into mutated malignancy, we call a cancer... Um, through setting up the environment like your blood and your lymphatic fluid, if your circulatory system is clean and it's able to transport out waste products from metabolism or from the environment through the elimination channels, then your body is going, your body is allowed to process its natural detoxification cycles as it's set up to do. And then the other way that you, you, um, enhance that is through calorie restriction. And But when I say calorie restriction, I'm not saying nutrient restriction. This is a very important distinction is that um, a lot of the ways that intermittent fasting is proposed, and a lot of it comes from the ketogenic circles, the paleo-style circles, and I've been looking at it with a little bit of a sarcastic grin on my face because although I think that they're on to something really revolutionary, the way in which that most people are doing it, which is basically just like you fast for a certain part of your day and then in a certain window you can just eat whatever you want to eat. Like there's no distinction around what you're eating or maybe it's like whatever um, grass-fed animal products and maybe some vegetables here and there if you feel like it. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Um, How do we upgrade this whole idea? And then that's when... We bring in what raw food to me is actually all about is that it's a natural calorie restriction diet without the nutrient restriction. And so that's when we we have a certain amount of living foods in the form of like green leafy salads and sprouts and sea vegetables and whatever um, low glycemic fruits somebody is really into and nuts and seeds, like basic food, right? And then you bring in some of the products that you work with, like superfood, high concentrated, nutrient-dense products that your body can take in almost like a supplement because those, those products that you produce are like supplemental 
nutrition, but it's 100% food, which is really cool. So your body can take all that in in the form of um, like a superfood smoothie or something. And then you bring in the herbal side of it, which is your tonic herbs, like in a tea or a hot chocolate herbal elixir that we love. Um, and then whatever little supplements that you want to integrate into that, like supplemental enzymes, specific probiotics, um, certain things like N-acetylcysteine, which increase glutathione. And glutathione is your body's primary antioxidant enzyme that actually sponges up um, residual toxins like heavy metal toxicity, for example. So what I'm talking about is something that's a little more sophisticated than the basic paleo-prescribed um, ketogenic diet, but it's still working with the same principles that we're, we're discussing with intermittent fasting. So you, you wake up, you have some tea, maybe it's a, a ton, maybe it's some chaga tea or your favorite uh, beverage in the morning that's uh, not high calorie, but maybe, maybe have some nutrients in there. You're still fasting, right? Yeah. So you, let me, let me, let me, let me jump into that one. I see where you're going with this. So um, if I could if I could walk somebody through how to get started with this idea, at least the idea that I'm pr- proposing, the first thing you do in the morning is actually you drink one liter of spring water. That's the very first thing because nature's solution to pollution is dilution, right? So actually water, the, the, the conductivity of water is what makes enzymes work in the first place. There, there needs to be an electrical current and water is conductive and enzymes are electrical protein molecules. So once it comes into contact with water, then it turns on. So flushing out the system with water is critical. And then after you do that, then I would recommend somebody move into their morning green vegetable juice. There's still no calories in it, but you're getting all that alkaline nutrition. You're continuing to flush out the body. And anybody that's ever done like a three to seven day, maybe even a 14 or 25 day juice cleanse, you know what it feels like to get over the first hump and then to feel like you're completely neutrified, to feel like you're completely filled up with all the nutrition you need. Um, And then after that, it could look like doing maybe around like 10 or 11 o'clock it can look like doing a hot herbal tea. And now here's the thing about this is that you put in a little bit of fat into that tea or into that that elixir, if you will. So that could be like cacao paste. That could be ghee butter. That could be coconut oil. And now that saturated fat that you're putting into that it actually allows your body to turn on your ketogenic factors. So this is kind of what the keto the ketogenic diet is all about but instead of like eating like sausage and bacon and eggs in the morning um, which is not really going to actually allow your body to go into authentic ketosis you're putting in saturated fat after about three or four even five hours in your day and now you're turning on more of the fasting principles but you're also allowing your blood sugar to be stable and you're you're feeding your brain which is critical because that's one of the things that people have trouble with when they start to do any kind of um, fasting protocol is that their blood sugar dips into a hypoglycemic state and then their body is literally trying to um, it's trying to siphon up glycogen or glucose that's stored in the liver and the muscle cells as immediate fuel source. 
which is actually what you want, but, but you don't necessarily want to do that all at once. You want to prolong that. So having a little bit of fat in your, your hot herbal tea is going to be a really great way to start to, um, I guess you could say, coast through the rest of the day or the, the next couple hours. Now, a lot of uh, my listeners and what I teach is fruit first. And I do water uh, cleansing. We do our, our living greens. And that has a lot of enzymes because it's fermented. And it has uh, probiotics in there as well. Um, so it's already broken down, so it's really bioavailable. But uh, then as far as any real food, to do fruit first allows the sugar to absorb into the cell. So it's not uh, hanging. When you do have oil, it's not hanging around. Um, the sugar is not hanging around on the outside of the cell, mm -hmm. creating mold and fungus. You know, you want that sugar to go straight into the cell, be used up. And then um, later on, when you want to ground out... As you start feeling that uh, that process happening, where you start kind of drifting off and feeling like you need, like today, I, ha I ended up having a, a veggie soup um, to just ground out before this interview, so I wasn't, so I, I could uh, access my thoughts and so on. And um, so that's that's the question: is uh, mm -hmm. you know any potential uh, dangers? You know, when people when when do people draw the line when they start feeling like? Maybe they're um, starting to float off, that they're maybe seeing spots or starting to go um, to, uh, what would you call it, catabolic? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, this is an interesting one because my answer a year ago or even six months ago would probably be different than it is now. So the way I want to come at that is not to provide like a right or wrong. More of what I'm into is providing um, a perspective that people can adopt or not, but the actual the actual thing that I'm going for is an effect called autophagy, and autophagy is defined as self catabolism or self cleansing. This is actually the mechanism within your cellular matrix that actually remanufactures or remetabolizes old material, let's call it like protein deposits, for example, and we'll start to gobble it up and then start to either use it as a fuel supply through gluconeogenesis where your body breaks down protein and turns it into sugar. Um, and then also just to cleave that crap up and get it out of the circulatory system, get it out of the, the renal kidney system, get it out of the body. Um, so this essentially what I'm going after is to activate this process within my body. And so really quickly, just to explain this, when you go into um, a prolonged fasting state, this is typically the sequence that happens is that your body will, <clears throat> your body will go through all your sugar storages first. It'll go through your glycogen. After you don't feed sugar for a certain amount of time, your body will go into glycogen storages and start to metabolize up all that excess of sugar. And then after it's burned through that, it'll go through your fat storages. This is why intermittent fasting and keto in ketogenic diets are so correlated with fat loss because you have fat storages in your body. And those fat storages, by the way, are not what people think they are. They're actually, in a lot of cases 
cases, they're storages for environmental toxins. So your body will create excess fat molecules like storage depots for excess toxins that the body is not able to get rid of. And so your body will start to re-metabolize the fat deposits and turn that into ketones as a form of fuel. And then after it goes through that process, it'll go into the protein dismantling. And this is really, when you think of cancer and you think of all these healing clinics, this is really the mechanism that's doing the heavy lifting is that the protein deposits in the body are actually what encases a cancer cell in a tumor. It's encased by a heavy coating of protein. And so the enzymes, the proteolytic enzymes in the body, which would normally go towards food, metabolizing protein-rich food, now that you're not putting in all that, that food, your body's proteolytic enzymes are being redistributed to the protein deposits, and it's breaking that stuff up so it can free, free the body and pretty much turn the body into a free energy device. But I bring this up as a simple as a simple perspective and to give people an idea of really what kind of long-term I'm talking about. Now, the way you start with it, um, it's, it's really up to you. Like somebody may just want to adopt the simple idea. They may just want to push back their feeding window a couple hours like you're talking about and then to do something like fruit first thing in the morning like that that's just common sense like you just pointed out is that you don't want to do fruit after a fat meal because then the the sugar is going to be on the conveyor belt behind the fat and then it's going to be more susceptible to fermentation so that's kind of that's actually one of the things by the way about candida that I figured out is that a lot of times chronic candida is actually um, brought on by improper food combinations. Also, uh, also people who have acne, oftentimes I ask them, well, what are you putting oil in your fruit smoothie? And they say, yeah, they put a lot of uh, coconut oil in there. Right. So you've got sweet and oil and it's coming out uh, of the skin like that. So um, then you would go ahead. It almost seems like by eating the fruit, it brings on that effect and burns it it's more conducive having the fruit first to burn through that sugar quicker and you get uh the state of um of burning through all that sugar comes up faster and then you're more ready to uh uh ground i mean it, it's almost an 80 10 10 philosophy where they're going ahead and um you know just having a little bit of oil way later in the afternoon when they want to ground out so how would you incorporate that into this kind of intermittent fasting mm-hmm. um just let that sugar burn out um because uh, what's the transit time for fruit um it's it's like an hour or less right 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 yeah, yeah. so then then you can have your your ghee and uh and tea or maybe like we do in hawaii we do the uh the the sunshine um uh, the ayurvedic uh, turmeric and coconut uh milk the um uh, the, the sunshine brew but um so then that oil actually helps uh, initiate this um this uh uh, what would you call the catabolic effect? Well, no, the oil is actually... So here's the thing. Um, one interesting perspective that I gained from all this is that one of the hormonal 
advantages of intermittent fasting and then eventually cyclic fasting is that you decrease insulin production and you increase human growth hormone production. And right. so when we talk about a perspective of metabolic efficiency or we talk about healing and longevity, human growth hormone is one of the primary focal points because as we do more dances around the sun, naturally our HGH production starts to be reduced. It's, it's coming to light that a lot of that is actually based on caloric intake over time. And if we're stuck in a place of consumerism, we are consuming way too many unusable calories and it's turning into metabolic waste products that are floating around in the body and they get compounded and impacted. So, you know, in our world, we know about this very well when it comes to like colonics, colon hydrotherapy, um, the impaction and the mucoid, um, the mucus formation and in the intestinal tract. That's kind of one perspective of it, but... Um, in terms of this, you know, whenever you eat solid foods, specifically carbohydrates or even protein, proteinaceous foods, you're increasing insulin production. And so insulin is a hormone that goes into your body or goes into your blood and, and transports glucose or sugar into the insulin receptor site for ATP production, for energy production. What I'm kind of talking about is there is a way to actually buy bypass that insulin production because one of the things we know about insulin is that it's a lethargizing it has a lethargizing effect on the body meaning that you lose vasodilation you don't have as much blood flow to the brain um, it kind of sedates you or pacifies you in a way so we know that with like high carbohydrate like especially like starchy high carbohydrate diets a lot of times, if it's not right for that person's metabolism, then it can cause them to become very, very lethargized, you know, very tired, and they need to take a nap. Um, and it can also increase fungal growth because that some people's metabolism is actually more finely tuned for uh, fat-dominant foods as a form of fuel. And some people's metabolism is designed to run on carbohydrates a little more efficiently. So one of the things about this is that you need to figure out which met metabolic type or um, metabolic oxidation rate is um, more of like a Gabriel Cousins scientific perspective. But ultimately, it's your metabolic type. So you have to figure out what you do better with. If you're better with more carbohydrates, more sugar in your diet as a form of fuel, or if you run better with less sugar and more fat as a form of fuel. And then from there, it becomes easier to kind of like create this blueprint in terms of how long fasting is appropriate for you because you know me fasting for anywhere from 16 to 20 hours before I eat is going to be better for me than it is for someone else however someone who's like a pitta body type they um, it may not be so conducive like my wife for example mm -hmm. we do fasts and cleanses but um, you know it's something that that uh, it's more it affects her more because she burns through her food so quick she's got that pit of fire right so i guess the point is that everybody's different we've got to listen to our own intuition and we've got to look at our our own cycles but in general if someone's going to try this out 
I mean, are there like gradual steps? Should they start with trying to break their fast at 10 and move to 12 and then maybe two o'clock or something like that? 100%. I I totally believe in, in taking one thing at a time. And so the quote unquote beginner phase of this whole approach would look just like that. You, you, again, you drink one liter of water in the morning and then I recommend people put about one fourth teaspoon of sea salt into their water because the salt is what allows the water to be retained in your tissues. A lot of times people are drinking water and it's flowing right through them. And so your body, your body's actually not efficiently being hydrated and the salt also helps to balance your blood sugar and it helps to support your adrenal glands. So that's a key thing is that a lot of people are adrenally exhausted or wiped out and they're not able to produce adrenaline properly and so they have these hyper spikes in cortisol which is a little more like our stress hormone and adrenaline is that thing that allows us to actually get up in the morning and to be bipedal and upright and to feel like we have that, like the Chinese would call like that ascending chi, like we have that upright mobility. Um, that's an important thing I found for people is that if they do this, the sea salt water in the morning, it starts to normalize that, that lull in energy that you're alluding to. And then I just recommend people um, at least go on a liquid a liquid diet in the morning. That's really the basic idea. If you feel like that's going to look like a juice for you, then do that. If you feel like that's going to look like a hot herbal elixir in the morning, then do that. If you feel like that's going to be like eating blueberries to break your fast, I mean, berries are one of my favorite fruits because they're full of water. So not doing anything that's too dense, that's dry, that that sucks moisture and dehydrates the body is really important because I feel like the detoxification process or the cleansing process is really more about proper hydration than it is anything else. Once we're properly hydrated, then everything else starts to work better. So if somebody can make that the focus in the first part of their day, what will inevitably happen is that they will go through an adaptation metabolically where they will notice that they're naturally not eating as soon as they would before. It's a natural migration that people take. Instead of them having to be super disciplined and focused, it just naturally occurs. And then people find their balance point. They find their equilibrium. That's what happened to me. I didn't force this. It just, over the years, naturally started to happen. Um, But I do want to say with that, though, there is a psychological part of this is that... You, you know, one of the reasons that I'm so into this approach isn't just because of all the, the health benefits. It's because it allows me to practice psychological mastery. I found out that in my own life, and I'm pretty sure this is true with most people, is that the time people eat the most, the reason why people eat so much is because they're bored, is because they're distracting themselves, they're escaping their their temporary discomforting emotions, or they're trying to get out of something they don't want to do, so they walk away to the kitchen to sedate themselves. And I found for me, like as an entrepreneur, I was like, wow, okay, well, I could probably save myself a lot of time doing all these like non-relevant activities if I practice this, and it allows me to pay attention to where my mind goes. And so I notice that if I don't feel like taking care of something um, that's right in front of me, my mind will try to distract me by putting food in my mouth, but then I check in with my body, 
and then I take a moment to breathe. I drink water. Anytime I feel like I want to eat something, I drink water, walk around, maybe do some push-ups, stretch, and then that, that hunger subsides, and I realize, wow, I wasn't even hungry in the first place. I was just trying to get out of this you know, situation. Oftentimes, people are thirsty when they're hungry, right? Yep. So uh, it's probably a good reminder to have people not be dogmatic about this. So if they're uh, taking their, they're, they're going through this process and they start to feel like it's coming near the time where they're ready to ground out with some solid food or real food, as we call it, or some green, maybe a salad. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they're, or if they're headed out for the day, you know, it's probably a good good uh, time to uh, ground out with some food to get them through so they aren't caught in a situation where they start to feel, um, you know, really ungrounded from, uh, from you know, not having anything uh, solid in their body. Yes. Or they can go ahead and, and keep riding that wave, keep doing liquids, mm -hmm. ride it for a few days or a week, do some deep colon hydrotherapy, some colonics, or at least some enemas. They could do a liver uh, gallbladder flush. Or they could uh, just do the whole afternoon of uh, uh, cucumber, or they could do watermelon and do a full mm -hmm. kidney flush. And, and that's another way we can make cleansing fun by, you know, drinking, having a, in a nice cocktail glass uh, your, your watermelon for uh, half the day and cucumber for the other half of the day and actually get a, uh, ha have a, have a full-on kidney flush. So people can have fun with it if they're doing things like the cacao cleanse where they're doing a chocolate superfood smoothie and they do chia, which is 14, expands 14 times its size, then um, mm -hmm. this diet's probably more conducive to them pulling out their uh, undigested material sitting around in their colon. Most people have three to four pounds of it, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's probably more conducive to uh, sloughing off that mucosal lining, right? 100%. And, and this is really, you're bringing up really the primary perspective I have on this is that there's no one right way to do it. And it's all a journey anyway. So you'll find your balance point and it'll differ as you go through this, this, this process. You will find your metabolism will start to transform itself the same way we're talking about the immune system transforming itself. You will find that you are just not hungry the way you thought you were hungry before. And, you know, what's really cool about this is that one of the main fears people often have or excuses they have is that, oh, well, I need to keep feeding myself because I don't want to go catabolic. I don't want to break down my muscle tissue and this or that. One of the funny things that you figure out along this whole process is that Sometimes you have to break down a faulty foundation in order to rebuild a new foundation. You can't keep building on faulty ground. So this is the whole detox this is the psychology of detoxification, the art of cleansing, just to inject in that is that um, this is a great way to actually challenge your fears. Really, like people are so deep into the personal development world and they're doing all these different like tactics and, and mind gymnastics, but it's like the real deal. If you want to like really get to a place of mental mastery, you have to challenge your fears and your assumptions. So if you have an assumption that, you know, somehow you 
need to have like 5,000 calories a day or something like that. I recommend that you challenge it by starting to implement these basic processes. And the idea, again, is that you're, you're quote-unquote fasting or liquid fasting for a certain part in the beginning of your day because you're activating your body's built-in detoxification pathways. And once you open up the pathways of your lungs, your kidneys, your colon, and your skin, and you're able to purge out the impurities, all the infectious organisms inside your body, candida, yeast, mold, fungus, viruses, bacteria, etc., they don't have a hold on you like they did before. And that is one of the primary things that I talk to people about is that a lot of times people think that they're hungry. They think that they have a genuine craving for a Twinkie or something. It's like, no, 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 no. Actually, you're kind of like a remote control right now. And that craving, that hypoglycemic, like diabetic impulse that you have to reach out for food, otherwise you feel ungrounded or you feel like agitated or, or like triggered, that is something to look at because it's very possible that it's something that lives inside of you that is using you like a remote control to feed itself. Now, that's kind of like, you know, for some people that might be like totally blowing their mind. For some of us, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, we know about that. Um, but I'm just painting that picture is that regardless of what your your intention is, the first part of your day, your body is in a purging state. So it's in a catabolic state. But then as you go through your day, you want to start moving into an anabolic state. That's when you bring in protein. That's when you bring in like the chia seeds that have the insoluble fiber that help bind on to certain toxins or metabolites that pull that stuff out of the body through, through you know, elimination. And then also that balances your blood sugar as well. Um, which is so that that whole idea that people are constantly reaching out for food, it's just a blood sugar imbalance which can be mediated by the proper nutrition. Um, the last thing I want to say about that in your company, Sky, is really a great resource for people to apply all the different information points that I'm I'm sharing here. In your green vegetable juice, let me just make this strategy for people. When you do a green vegetable juice, you don't necessarily have to do just the juice. Like you can add in a tablespoon of green powdered superfoods and mix that in. And now you're getting fully mineralized. You're getting all the micronutrients and the chlorophyll and everything else. And now your body is becoming filled up by nutrition, not by calories. And then that blood sugar impulse starts to normalize. Yeah, it, it doesn't get any better than the good old kale, apple, banana, ginger, you know, throw it all in the smoothie, blend it up with some water, but it does. It does get better because if you add in the living greens, you have these fermented, more bioavailable, 10 different veggies and grasses that has this amazing taste and it's got things like licorice and there's actually some uh, a milk thistle to help cleanse your liver. And um, you can add that in there along with, um, you know, your other things you add in, in your smoothie. But I think it's a really good point bringing up about that you brought up about the fear. Because what is fear but the unknown? Mm -hmm. So as people go through this experience and realize that they can actually be nourished and drink a liquid diet, 
then they can start going into some deeper cleansing. And if people uh, actually go through beyond their threshold of fear and they seek out their local colon hydrotherapist and get on a program with them of just liquids, and you can even start out blending sweet potatoes. And as long as you're having smooth food, what will happen after you cleanse out these decades of stuff in your body, you will feel like a million bucks. You'll feel so much lighter and healthier than than ever before Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's where you end up getting to uh, a point of total transformation so it's it's really worth it to um you know go forward and and experience uh what the potential with that is yeah and you know it's interesting too because you know, I think of what skill sets we need to create for the future in all the unknowns in our, our world. <clears throat> One of them is fasting. We have to learn how to fast, even in short periods of time. When I say fast, people come up with all these connotations and they're like, oh my God, I can't do that for 21 days. It's like, okay, well, that's fine because I'm not, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the idea of abstaining from consumerism abstaining from this addiction to having to consume things as a reference for self-worth or a reference for, in this case, you know, physical energy, Um, you know, challenging our fears. And, and, you know, if you can learn to do intermittent fasting, that will will create a stepping stone where you're going to be able to do a full day juice fast once a week or, you know, once or twice a month or something like that. That will give you It'll give you a foundation that you can explore upon, but you're not going to be able to do that cold turkey. You're not going to be able to do that, or I should say, you're not going to be able to have the ability to do that um, from the place you are. If you're from like this, someone has a standard American diet, obviously that's a far extreme, but if somebody is even on a raw food or high raw food diet, for example, you're still, there's still an addiction to consuming food. I know what it's like to eat four salads a day and have two superfood smoothies a day. I mean, I did all that, but now, like, I reached a saturation point where I could never eat as much raw food as I did before. I mean, as much avocados as I used to eat, I can barely get through one some days. And I, I think what people will realize is it's actually not as hard as they think. And then, uh, once they go through those, like you said, psychological barriers, and they, what they'll do is reclaim that sovereignty. You know, having these organisms inside us who are really can get control of our mind and tell us, you know, to reach for the sugar and, and different food. It's uh, it's a really powerful thing to reclaim your sovereignty. So we're not just talking about you know be your own doctor kind of sovereignty, but literally running your own body rather than these. Uh, these parasites. So um, it's it's a real thing, and uh, you know, consider uh, this this wisdom here. Um, I really uh, have been. We've been trying to get together to do this show for a while, so I'm really glad we can uh, get some of this information out. And um, we have a little more time, but I'd love uh, for you to you know give some closing thoughts and um, also share how people can um, reach out uh, to you, Ronnie, and, and get a hold of uh, your work. Hmm. So I think what I want to say is that my work has really been about integrating all the moving parts that I find to be the best of the best. And so 
even talking about intermittent fasting, the way that I play with it, and I think this is a sophistication on everything that we've we've learned in the field of nutrition up to this point, is that you need to have a certain amount of raw living foods in your diet. You need to have um, superfood nutrition in your diet as your health assurance policy. You need to have tonic herbs in your diet to to also to empower the immune system and to to create adaptogenic qualities. With all the stress in our world, we need to have things um, nutrition that allows us to be highly adaptable. So tonic herbs are really incredible for that. And then certain supplements I found are really powerful, especially with this approach because. When you do metabolic enzymes and you do high amounts of like proteolytic enzymes, like 10 to 20 twice a day, for example, there's a profound healing effect that happens when you're doing it in those fasting windows opposed to doing digestive enzymes with food because then those digestive enzymes are having to address the food instead of actually going into the regions of the body that need to be um, healed, need to be cleaved up and, and knit together and stuff like that. What enzymes are really meant to do, they're, they're a preservation mechanism. So, Well, now there's Wobe enzymes, those German enzymes right. that are really, really expensive, and they're great. Um, however, you know, looking at them, it's pretty much um, papayan, it's uh, uh, bromelain. Can you have uh, get into that fasting intermittent fasting state and um, eat papayas and eat um, pineapples and, and have some of the same results or are they just highly concentrated? Well, yeah, they're highly concentrated and they're more localized in the skin, I understand. So, oh, okay. so you kind of have to go at it. Like those enzymes exist for a reason and they are really concentrated and those are great too. One of the cool things about fasting and intermittent fasting over time is that you increase your body's endogenous production of proteolytic enzymes. So your body is a is your own natural healing physician, right? It, you create a free energy device out of your body where you're able to produce your own endogenous chemistry um, by not putting in so much calories every single day. That's kind of the point to this whole thing. So yeah, you increase you increase enzyme production and enzyme storages that so when you're not eating so much those stored enzymes which is like your life bank account they're not getting exhausted in the same um the same pace and you can develop them and release them uh better so we've got we've got one more minute ronnie you want to share how people can get in touch with you Absolutely. Um, people can check me out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel. And then I also have an online holistic health mastery nutrition certification course, which is a 125 video based education platform. It has a holistic nutritionist certification course in it, tons of bonuses and all kinds of things people can check out at holistichealthmastery.com. And then you, and then I have my personal website, which is www.ronniemiddle-landis.com. Awesome! Thanks for being here, Ronnie. And uh, I, I hope that um, 
people really take some of this to heart because I know it's um, it's some amazing information that can change lives. So keep mm-hmm. doing uh, what you're doing and getting all this uh, this good stuff out there. So I'm gonna close off with a song from my wife's album, and it is called Changing. I think it's appropriate for uh, this topic. Ahui ho, aloha everyone. Mm, aloha. All right, you got it? I got it. Sweet, man.